Welcome aboard the Mad Pastors Podcast. Honest pastors, honest conversations. Powered by G6 Allies. You may now feel free to move about the podcast. Hey, pastors and church people, welcome back to the Mad Pastors Podcast. Pastors are people too. They are people too. And they're church people. But it's true to say that all pastors are people, but not all people are pastors. That is accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been taking a lot of Hello, those. all you beautiful <laughs> people. Nice. How are you? Uh, listen, it's good to see everybody. I'm Ian. I'm Michael. And uh, we're just excited to be here. We're also mad. We're mad pastors. And we're mad about the state of the church. And we're people. <laughs> too. <laughs> but we're also, um, we're burdened for the church and we're burdened for... Uh, your churches, and so we're just excited to be able to take a little bit of time uh, today. And man, we're going to talk about something that I think really, um, man, it it chafes me. Okay, and I'm not just talking about intramural sports and or no uh, deodorant. All I'm saying is it has always bothered me. And I think that it hits a lot of our pastors where we're at, but it's this idea um, of how to figure out if church is a priority or not for your people. Okay. okay? So we, and, and so honestly, the most that we try and do on this podcast and across the board is, man, we just want to create one. We enjoy having a good time and talking. We enjoy having friends that'll come on and talk with us. And that's a big part of the mad pastors is, is building a whole network of guys that love Christ and love his people. And they want to shepherd them well. And then people go, well, I'm not a pastor. I can't listen. No, no, no. You should listen. listen. Yeah. Because one, your pastor needs to know that you know. And subscribe and share and like and all of those things. It will help us a lot if you'll do that. Yeah. If you rate us, subscribe and share, it helps other pastors and people find us too. And the big thing is you might be saying, well, I don't know if I have time for that. Well, you have time to binge Netflix Netflix today. You can take two minutes to hit five star. Send a quick email to your pastor and say, hey, here's a podcast for pastors. Thought you might be interested and send it, send it to him and say, one of these guys is incredibly attractive, but I won't tell you who. And the other one's named Ian. Oh, well, that was rude. Okay. <laughs> so either way, um, as, as we keep going um, and looking through this, uh, one of the questions that I think comes up, and here's why. Um, in the last, I mean, I know saying 20 years is a lot, okay? I'm, I'm 33. Um, how old are you, Michael? Older than that. <laughs> well, that's true. You're rounding 40 I'm- pretty soon. I am 40. I've been 40 for a while. Now. Oh, I forgot that he was 40. Good time. Um, so, but as a as a 40-year-old uh, man. Still waiting on my birthday present, by the way, from you. Yeah, I ordered him one of those. I, I found it online. I ordered him one of those cool chipping golf games. Um, and I thought, man, this will be great. And it'll get here. two birthdays ago. Yeah, that's true. I can't remember. Like, I yeah. got something last birthday. I got you a gift card or something. something. But either way, I ordered it. <laughs> and still to this day, it's never shipped. And they won't refund me. They won't answer my emails anymore. Um, but I, so in, in your, you were 20, I was, uh, gosh, I was 12. And the crazy thing is I spent time behind the curtain in churches when I was, I remember, I still remember seven, eight, nine years old in church. Church was different. Um, I think we looked at the mega church and some people still do, but I think we looked at the mega church as the end all for what church should be. Uh, we looked at the church should be its own inside culture and everybody should just always do everything for the church. And if they don't offer it, maybe one day they will. Um, and then we just expected if you miss church, it was only because you're on vacation or about to die. 
And that, those are the only two reasons. And you should be serving, right? And that that really defined a lot of, I, you know, I'm sure that that defined years and years before me. And even though I feel like I could speak to that, I won't. I'll just define my lifetime. Um, I felt, and, and I got the impression across the board, even early years of doing ministry, that that's just how it is and should be. Um, that a healthy believer who prioritizes Jesus is at church. And it still to this day makes me angry when I hear pastors say things like, well, if you make it to church once a month, I mean, that's regular for, for people. And I'm like, well, that's not regular for Jesus and or the definition of regular. So either way, we had this really good conversation, and it's not one that we get in seminary. It's not one that we, we either hear people's opinions about it and how they're trying to tell you to agree with them, um, but we don't tend to hear discussion about it. And so what does it really look like for... Um, for a, like a pastor who, I mean, because that's the whole point about pastors is to be pastors to pastors and to help shepherd them and be there for them and uh, and mentor and love them from a distance or close up, depending on what they want. But either way, how do you address that? And how do we really make that decision of what is or isn't a priority for people? So I, I would begin answering that by offering one corrective to your intro there mm. where you said church is different now than it was 20 years ago. Sure. I don't think it is. I think church is exactly the same as okay. it was 20 years ago. Ooh, I think solid. culture has changed. Okay. And church is stuck 20, 50, 100 years ago, and culture has moved on past it. Right. And we do church the exact same way. We okay. still do our, you know, our Sunday meeting. We sing our three songs. Sure, we've made, you know, some technological advances. We sure. we don't use overhead projectors for the lyrics anymore. Which is still right? pretty sweet. We now use uh, ProPresenter or PowerPoint yeah. or whatever. <laughs> right. um, and and we have, you know, LED lights now. And some, if if you're, you know, really trendy, you've got fog machines. Mm. And, uh, you know, we um. we have all this different stuff, but. At the end of the day, church is still the same as it right. was 20 years ago, 200 years ago, mm -hmm. 1,000 years ago. Not a lot has changed, and it doesn't necessarily need to change. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what needs to happen, but I think we do need to acknowledge that culture has changed, and culture's perception of church has changed, mm -hmm. and the way that we address these things and the way we have to think through them as pastors okay. needs to shift. Uh, we, we need to be... Uh, men and women who understand the times in which we yeah. live, right? Sure. And so I think that, that would be my preliminary statement so what in, are the, in so, this conversation about yeah. whether or not church is a priority. We need to understand that the, the game has changed a little bit. So let's ask, let's ask the question, maybe before we even get to what are the times now, what were the times then? What were, let's say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, what was, what was I mean, because... Obviously, one thing leads to another, which leads to another. And so what is it that, because I, I don't know, I, the more pastors that I talk to, this is a, this is a, just a, it's not just us. This is a persistent problem. It's like, at what point, I mean, I do remember uh, one of the churches I served at in the past. I mean, this was a real point of contention because the pastor was really irritated when people didn't come. Um, he, but I mean, he had rich people. So as long as he got his uh, grossly absorbent salary, he was fine. But he would he would bring up and he would talk and even fire people at one point because they didn't have enough people. But then he would also preach to the staff. Well, my mentor told me that people just come once a month and that if you get people once a month, then that's okay. And I didn't like that. That bothered me. But most pastors, I mean, 
what impact can we, I think that the question coming from pastors, right? Not even just me, it does feel this way, but how do we make an impact when people are so inconsistent? People don't come, right? And, and what is it? So the big question, what is it in the past that, that led to that kind of a culture where, you know, Wednesdays were sacred. We, we had some, I'm not even saying these are all good things, but we had, we always had something to do at church. People were there 90% of the time was more of the average. I mean, maybe that's not ever been the average, sure. but 80 or 90% of the time felt like the average. What, you know, what do we, what do we do? Well, I, I think one of the, one of the big things that led to that was up until 15, 20 years ago, give or take, I mean, yeah. cultural historians can probably send us emails and how inaccurate <laughs> we are with that, but ballparking it sure. 20 years ago or so. Uh, up until that point, I, I, I just don't accept that the United States ever was a Christian nation. Oh, we're, well, we're not a Christian absolutely. nation. Absolutely. Right? That's stupid. Um, sure. Though most but, people do still push that. I mean, Christian nationalism yeah, I'm not is the biggest. Yeah, I'm not going to stupid. I, I, I just, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's an that, accurate. That might be um, where we differ. But I, mean, I, just, I just don't think that's an accurate yeah. representation. But sure. we have, up until two decades ago, lived in a culture that was very conducive to mm-hmm. cultural Christianity. Meaning it was it was acceptable. It was okay, right. and and in fact, it was even expected. Like mm-hmm. if you if you were a small business owner and you uh, were trying to you know grow your your business, yeah, one of the first questions your clients would ask is, "Where do you go to church?" Right. Or you went to church to find clients. You needed to be in community, which meant I've got a whole <laughs> new clientele, prospective clientele list. Would here, it be right? fair to say too that um, that is much a southern thing too? Maybe some southern. I mean. I don't know if I see uh, that as much 20 I, years ago in every place in the country, but I mean, yeah, it probably differs in degree. But you would say across um, the country, but across the country, it was okay. much more socially acceptable okay. and expected that you participate in in a church somewhere. Yeah, um, and and so that was that was part of and you know 20 years ago when when you know our parents were our age now, yeah, their parents grew up in a very legalistic. You know, you're at church every single time yeah. that the pastor says we're going to meet. Sunday morning, Sunday and, night, Wednesday night. Right, and Monday night Bible study and Ooh. Tuesday night visitations. And, and it was yeah. constant uh, engagement in the church. And so our parents grew up in that and yeah. were like, well, this is just what we do. We go to church all the time. Uh, and then stuff starts happening and, and that yeah. starts to change a little bit. And so I think for those of you who are visual one of the ways that I think we can maybe make a little sense of this, and mm-hmm. you know, we've got it on our on our screen here, yeah. um, is to just kind of draw a timeline, okay. all right? And and then we'll draw a vertical axis on that timeline, that, again, 20 years ago. Prior to that, so on the left side, so you have two quadrants now over here and over here. Okay. On the left side of that uh, quadrant is prior to, you know, 2000, 2005, 2010, somewhere sure. Um, and in that world, it kind of, the priority list kind of looked like this. You had, you had church at Mm -hmm. the top and it was, it was the priority, right? Right. And then under that, you had your other priorities. It was a very hierarchical structure, right? You, Mm -hmm. you had, uh, your vacation time, you had sports, you had extracurriculars, Mm -hmm. miscellaneous, whatever. 
And all of that lined up in a nice orderly fashion, and it was very easy to identify if something got out of order. Sure. If you started attending sporting events on Sundays instead of going to church, well, then sports clearly has moved above church. Right. And now it's, you know, slap on the wrist, get back down there. Yeah. You got to, you, you mix up your priorities. Church isn't important to you anymore. You're wrong. Fix it. Okay. Oops. Sorry. I'll do that. And we get things back in the right order. Right. 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 And it was kind of the job of the pastor to make sure everybody was very clear that this is the order of things. Sure. We still, I mean, we still even teach a lot of this kind of stuff, this priority idea, right? That if Jesus is almost like your filter, if he's not at the top of everything, things get out of whack. I mean, I get that. That's, and that's how I think. I think that's how most of us still think, at least as pastors and people. A lot of us, I think that's where a lot of this tension comes in. It's like, you know, the world doesn't think this way, but are we saying that Jesus shouldn't be at the top? Are we not? Um, I get that. So let's fast forward to now. Yeah. So right. so where are we at? Now? So now there's there's been a shift uh, in in the way we think, and rather than it being a priority one, two, three, bigger circles, little or circular circles underneath it, whatever. Right. Now it looks a lot more like a Venn diagram, where you have mm-hmm. equal size circles that all kind of overlap. So you have one right. circle with church, you have one circle with uh, sports, you have one circle with your career, you have okay. one circle with vacation time or family time. Um, and whatever else, yeah, right? Yeah. And and the and most of our culture has now kind of adopted this mentality mm-hmm. that it's not a priority list of one, two, three, four, or five. Yeah. It's a I've got five priorities. It's like a cluster, and, and they're all and they're all important to me. I, I'm yeah. not going to try, and it's it's kind of a foreign concept to me now to try and say. All right, rank them one through five. I, why? I've, I've got five priorities. Mm-hmm. Church, my career, my family, my recreation time, whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to try and prioritize them anymore. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting one of these models is right and one of these models is wrong. We're making a reality statement. It's it's simply this is, this is how things are. Right. And, um, and so I think... There's a couple of things that we can identify with this. One, okay. uh, particularly for black and white thinkers such as, as yourself, sure. um, the right side is a very difficult one to wrap your head around. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, because there's got to be some kind of hierarchy. I mean, right. that's what it we think. It has to be black and white. It, like, this is way too gray for my taste, right? Well, and granted, I have, a lot more, I have a lot more biblical arguments for this one. That I do for that one. Like, and I'm sitting there in my mind going, well, yeah, I get all this. It'd be easier. And so, yeah, for sure. It's way hard to wrap my mind around. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that leads to some pastors who, who mm-hmm. clearly operate on this side uh, getting part of what leads to their immense frustration with yeah. lack of attendance or they only come once a month or sure. people don't involve themselves in the service within the church anymore mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, that's what leads to that frustration. Because you're over here saying, no, you guys aren't prioritizing this. Church needs to be number one. Yeah. And these people over here, where the vast majority of Americans operate now, mm-hmm. are saying, well, yes, of course, church is important to me. I don't understand what you got your panties in a wad for. It, it's important. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm there once every other month. It's, it's, I'm, a, I'm a part of it. Right. Uh, and, and you're saying, yeah, but it's not number one. Right. And they're saying, I don't have a numbering system. And so the worldviews are contrasted. They're op- they, don't, they don't align. 
Uh, they're not cohesive with one another. Now, maybe, um, and I think we're hitting this at the point of, I think wisdom, I think you might be going, well, duh, Michael. But if you're me, I, the first time I heard that, I went, oh, solid. Like, I guess, uh, because to me, I, my thought has always been, is a, and I know this is not a good thing, but the thing I have to struggle with is a heavy distrust of people. So my even my thought of people who claim to know Jesus and don't, my thought is so a lot of times I struggle with, you know, just say you don't follow Jesus or love Jesus. Just say you don't. But don't tell me you do, and then you never, you know, or they say, well, I'm, I'm, I read the Bible with my kids. I'm like, but that's not in community with your people. So where do we, and I'm not saying what I'm talking about is right and the way I've addressed it is sure. right, but what I think it for us is, you know, I, I feel like often I'm beating my head against the wall because 10 years ago, when I started ministry 16 years ago, but for at least the first five or se- five, seven years, I mean, we saw, I saw student ministry grow from 100 to 500. And with that, hundreds more parents came because they went, we're going to church as a family and our kids are being ministered to here. So our church grew by a thousand people in like two years because families were coming and we don't see that anymore. In fact, what I see now, and I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall because our student ministry grows real fast. But then you have a whole group of people that they don't come with their kids. They don't tithe. They don't do anything, but they're super spiritual. They, but and but they don't go to church and where they do go, they go occasionally or they watch online. So, I mean, how do we as pastors address that or bridge that gap or even get? We're not telling you what perspective to have, mm-hmm. but how do we how do we approach a healthy perspective of that? Because honestly, I'm getting worn out <laughs> with beating my head against the wall, and I think most people are. Everybody I talk to is. So how do we? Because I think it's lazy to say, well, all we got to do is just. Pray and hope that one day they come. And then on the other side of it, I think it's too heavy-handed to just, I mean, when I feel like I'm getting negative, you know I'm negative. And so, like, because I'm the most negative person in the world, I feel like. And so among all negative people, I am chief. I feel like I'm a, that's a Paul statement. So how do, we, how do we balance that idea of speaking truth and conviction, um, but at the same time not just excusing it? And what really is community with believers? Yeah. So... I would say we we need to more clearly define the circles on this on this list. Okay. Um, if you are, and, and both sides have their pros and their cons, and yeah. uh, I mean it's it's not not really any secret. You you lean towards this worldview, sure. right? That, that's the side that you identify with. I've been hiding it I, so well. Yes. <laughs> I lean more towards this side over here, right? Um, and and I think and so I think that that could allow for some good conversation sure. here. That I, I think what we need to do is define the circles a little more clearly, okay? Particularly the church circle, okay? Uh, so when we're talking about the church circle, most of what we're talking about, if you're on this side over here, mm-hmm. is church involvement church be attending the service being part of a small group or sunday school or whatever model you have there Mm -hmm. uh, finding a place of service giving to the church all of that stuff it's tied up in the the entity of the church life right right um and so if you're not attending church then something else becomes a higher priority okay uh, on this side, I would say it, the the thinking is is less around 
am I at church every single Sunday? Am I at church every every service or even three times a month yeah. or twice a month, once, whatever frequency you're at the church? But is is church a, a priority? Are you doing life with your your faith family? Are you right. involved in the life of your faith family? Yeah, you, you may have to work on Sunday, but are you still involved in right. the life of your church? Are you in, with your community group? Are you uh, you know actively involved in, in advancing the mission of your local uh, faith body that you submit yourself to? Sure. And, and so it's less about attendance as it is Presence or present or, or or submitting yourself to this particular tribe. Uh, That's a so dangerous word the, today too. Yeah. Submitting yourself to anything, right. right? And so the danger of this structure over here, uh, the pitfall is legalism, right? That yeah. you have to be at church every time the doors are open, or you don't love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a legalistic view sure. of things, and, and I don't think a biblical one. Okay. The danger on this side is almost apathy. That, hey, you know, I've got my four or five priorities, but I, I kind of want to add this as a priority, and then yeah. I want to add this as a priority. And so you keep adding circles right. to your life over here, and you can only have, you know, five or six circles before something has to fall off of that list because yeah. you just don't have the bandwidth to do it. Well, that, and that 90% is, of the time, yeah, it's, it's church, church that falls off, right? Yeah. And, and so, um, and so that's when you kind of really get apathetic, spiritually speaking. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I think what why we're seeing or sensing this uh, spiritual apathy mm. in the church in the United States today is because we've allowed so many other circles. This is the worldview yeah. that most people operate in now. So many other circles have overshadowed church yeah. that it's just not that important anymore. Well, let me think about. It. Let me ask this question: Is Okay, so I agree with you completely. I mean, I do think, I think, uh, here. well, here's the dangers, the specific dangers that I have encountered, too, on this, is on this side, it is legalistic, and it's all about, well, I do this because I earn it, and then it's, and it's not heartfelt, it's just done because it's got to be done. Mm-hmm. On this side, you do run into people, well, I don't, do I really have to give? I don't really have to give. Oh, church is great. I mean, and I think that leads to this idea of pastor porn, where it's like, I just watch whatever pastor sounds good. I mean, I talked to this woman the other day uh, who doesn't go to our church, but I talked to her, and her whole thing was she watches a pastor 400 miles away, uh, but she didn't want to bring her daughter into uh, into churches because she didn't want people to see, she didn't want to see masks in church because I just don't want to set that kind of precedent for my child. And I went, well, that's just disobedience. You know you need to be in a church. But there, it, this adds to this idea that I'm super spiritual, but there's nothing, there's no substance to it. And so, but do you think that this side that you're, you're leaning on, I mean, not for always, but do you think that that is a reaction to this, that this idea turned church into another thing that we do, therefore it, the sacred truth that, I mean, the sacred idea of it has just been moved and lumped into now it's just baseball. Now it's just like my career. Because it's just something well, we show up to. It's not actually something that's transforming and engaging and driving. Yeah. So two two thoughts there. One, I, I do think it's it's because it's not transforming. That yeah. it, it has lost its essentialism. Um, in fact, there, I think Barna, maybe it was Barna. I don't remember who it was. Did a did a study, 2019, right before the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, and when when the trend was you know clearly moving down, people were yeah. stopping going. They weren't going to church anymore. 
And, and so this survey was asking why. Yeah. And, and mo- a lot of pastors uh, and a lot of church people are like, well, it's because, you know, the music, we got to make sure the music, right. we got we to gotta create the next consumer concerts, thing. Right? Yeah. And, and we got to have the, the real catchy speakers who yeah. give the motivational messages and all these, all the church growth strategies that are out there. Yeah. And this study found that it wasn't a single one of those things that's causing people to leave the church. Mm-hmm. They're leaving it because they don't see the value of spiritual truth. 100%. And that is the problem. Yeah. And so they don't see the value of spiritual truth because churches are so focused on making sure people keep that circle at the top by attending. Yeah. So we're going to do whatever we need to do to make sure they attend. We're going to we're going to create the laser and light show. Yeah. We're going to give them a great concert. We're going to give them this motivational message well, that leaves them feeling good. And we're certainly not yeah. going to tell them, hey, you're a sinner in need of salvation because we don't want to offend them. So. <laughs> So we water everything down to try and draw in a crowd. Well, because we turn and into... the crowd shows up and goes, I'm here for what? I'm like, if I want to go see a concert, I'm going to buy you two tickets and I'm going to go to a real concert. It's a really low view and people, though, isn't church. it? That I can mm-hmm. just... Well, I mean, it, it's one of the three Ps, right? We haven't talked about them in a while, but you're either a politician, a prostitute, or a pastor. And that's a very prostitute mentality. I want to make people... I get people to feel good so the business is reoccurring. And, I get, and that's why... That's why I think people are becoming, I mean, we are this way. We've served in the megachurches all of our lives, and that was always the mark of success. When you were raised in that environment, looking at it, it's like, man, if I get through, and I don't, granted, we're not anti-growth. We want to grow. I mean, that's the point of the gospel is to continually add new believers and disciples and to develop them. However, um, that was always the push, is that you are successful if you have 2,000 or more, because that's a, that's a megachurch. And then I just offended half the people watching, because then they're like, I have 1,800, I'm a But, again, a symptom of the problem. But it, it's this idea that, you're right, that's why all these churches have turned into, I mean, most of the guys I taught, they don't last long in them. And that's why your average tenure of a pastor, unless they're the head honcho, is like 18 months, and then they're gone, is because we treat them like corporations uh, rather than churches. And the funny thing is, pastors are not businessmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they shouldn't Nor be. Nor should they be. No. And they're not built that way. They they should be good leaders. But the funny thing is we spent more time applying Peter Drucker than we have Jesus. And we spent more time trying to find the next big pastor podcast and thinking Craig Rochelle is, the, is it. And he has good things to say. But that if I can't apply these massive things, that I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right. We have sacrificed it. But I wonder, too, as we kind of draw to the end of it, this is just off the top of my head. But I almost wonder, because if this has led to this, and if and in some reasons, and sticking to this is what is essentially devaluing church as transformative. I wonder if, just to have a visual model in my mind, is it better to think about it... <sighs> I almost want to think about it and feel like maybe it's more biblical to think about like a solar system. I mean, like if you've got in, in gravity, right? Um, this idea—I've been watching a lot of Star Trek, so space is on my mind. Um, it's it's leaving Netflix on September thirtieth, so I got to watch it fast. But all that to say, um, this idea that—I mean, if Jesus is no pun intended, like the sun that if we're orbiting around this thing, that there can be eight or nine things maybe that we do. But as long as Jesus remains that center, there are moments, but the, I think that they're vague or they're temporary moments that things are eclipsed and things are changed, but that, that that orbit should constantly be the case in our lives. And I don't know. I don't know if that's true. That doesn't get to the point of fixing how it's transformative. I think the big thing is 
preach the gospel unashamedly and actually dig into scripture and stop trying to sugarcoat it. Yeah. So I, I said earlier I had two things and I only got to one and then yes. and then we jumped into that one. We, so yeah, what's, so the, what's the second one? And I actually, I'm going to add a third. So, Whoa! Based on what you just said. So the second like one that. is Talist. yeah, I do think there is some reaction to this model that got us over here. There's some type of connection. Uh, yeah. But I think more at a more root level, it's not just a reaction to the church. I, I think there's a deeper cultural thing happening here mm. that this is symptomatic of, okay. which is a decentralization of any kind of authority in our lives. That's a true and point. So we, yeah. with this kind of a model... There isn't just one thing that dictates everything else in our life. We're free to do a bunch of different things yeah. because there's less authority over us saying, do this. Yeah. Um, and and then the third the third piece was I think I think the solar system idea is can be helpful. Um, uh-huh. As long as we avoid the um, All metaphors break down, Michael. Don't push it to the breakdown. No, saying, as long as we avoid the, the ranking of yeah, that's whatever point. is closest to the sun, Mercury is the most important because it's closest to the but sun. But we can't live on Mercury. Right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, true. I would say Earth is a little more important than Mercury, and it's third on the list, right? I mean, Pluto is number nine or eight and a half. As long as here, Jesus thanks, is the sun, it works on multiple uh, levels. Neil Tyson deGrasse for eliminating that one for us. Tyson deGrasse. Um, but... You know that Pluto has not made a full revolution of the sun since we discovered it existed? It takes 293 years. I just I saw that on TV. Yeah, Keep going. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's helpful. And maybe we take the, this Venn diagram, and one of the ways that we as pastors, since we want to be practical with this and, and help pastors, ourselves, and others who are watching, yeah. maybe one of the takeaways, one of the practical aspects of this is not just your job as a pastor is to help safeguard the church circle on this and make sure that your people aren't burying it under everything else, yeah. thereby eliminating it from being a priority, mm-hmm. is that you're, you're keeping Christ at the center of it and you are involved in your church because you love Jesus. Yeah. You take your family on vacation and you have your rest time and your downtime and your Sabbath because you love Jesus. Yeah. You are working hard at your career mm. because you love Jesus. And and so, yes, Jesus is at the center of all of, he's the circle. Right. And everything else that we're doing fits within that. And I think if we, if we move people to that mindset, then church isn't just one of the other things that we need to add to the list and... Quite frankly, it's the most boring, and so it's the one that gets cut off when we run out of stuff. Right. That instead, it's all about Jesus, and we're pointing people there. And so, how how are you loving Jesus well in your career? How are you mm-hmm. loving Jesus well? Uh, well, let's just stick with with career. Well, I, I work eighty hours a week, and I don't because I work so much. I'm tired on the weekends, and yeah. so I need to rest, and so I don't I, attend church. Well, that's a problem with your career because of the way you're loving Jesus. Right. You're not doing it well, and it's, so yeah. you got to learn to balance that out. <laughs> Are you so always bouncing around in careers and never working well and never doing and, it and, yeah. and fit into balance together? That makes a lot. Well, it does. I mean, you can like. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you can split that and say, well. Can I never stick to it and get something done? Or am I always having this? Well, maybe you're not loving Jesus well on the other end. So that's great. I mean, it's to love Jesus. I think, I don't know. I don't know if this statement, I've heard this argued back and forth, but I think that there is a beautiful truth in what we're getting to here of 
loving Jesus means a correct balance of everything in our lives. And, you know, I had a pastor tell me one time, well, you'll never achieve balance, so you might as well not try. And I said, well, that's okay. And I just moved on. That guy ruined almost two churches and then moved on. But, but that's what I heard. And so all of, but all that to say, and everything we've, we've gone through today, I think that that's a big one. I also, I saw a meme the other day. Um, in fact, I got it here. Um, and it's, I love it, you know, because we've got, you look at this and it says that this uh, comes from this. And so you've got um, all of these, I just remember looking at it, I was like, all of these kids that are playing with their instruments as children in a classroom, and it really had nothing to do with Jesus other than it made such a good point. And then it showed, you know, the, the symphony. And this idea that we get symphonies from young children learning how to play in classrooms. And I think the same thing that we that I miss as a pastor, I'll just point to my weakness, is that I want people to be playing symphonies, but I don't help them take the steps to get there. And in my life, I skip the steps and I try and jump to playing first chair oboe when I can't even play at a second grade level. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of this for people like me that are so black and white, the, the thing is stop telling your people to have arrived and just help take steps towards the next thing. That, that is pastoring. Um, I mean, shepherding is a lot of, I mean, we're sheep too, so it's fair to say sheep are stupid. Um, and it's a lot of going, no, 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 move further. Eat that. Don't eat that. Move further, you know, or whatever. And shepherding has a lot more to do with helping sheep take steps towards the next pasture to graze in than it does um, making sure that you get them to the pen and back to the pen and to the pen and back to yeah. the pen. So anyway, I hope that that was helpful. Please like and share and subscribe. Um, if this was helpful to you, if you want to hear more things like this, let us know. You can email us at hello at g6allies.com. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff coming up, coming up in November, December area. Um, we've got some really cool stuff coming just in October for Pastor Appreciation Month. Ooh. You're going to love it. So we can't wait. We'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you for listening to the Mad Pastors podcast. Mad Pastors is powered by G6 Allies, who knows that healthy ministry means having the right team behind you to provide worthwhile tools so ministry doesn't destroy you. If you'd like to partner with G6 Allies, here's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can rate, subscribe, and review this podcast so that as many people as possible can get the same help and encouragement that you're receiving. You can also visit g6allies.com partner to see how you can financially partner with us. G6 Allies is dependent on viewers and listeners like you to support our ministry across the nation. If you have any questions or would like to contact the Mad Pastors for any reason, you can contact us at hello at g6allies.com. We'd love to hear from you.